0: Hey, all you it listeners out there. I just wanted to take a moment before the show to share with you our new sponsor. We've been working with BestRadioTravel.com to bring the lowest hotel prices to our loyal listeners. Stay tuned during the upcoming show to hear more about how you can save 15 to 30% off your hotel rates. Awesome. Let's start the show.
1: Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, girlfriendit.com, and the movement girlfriendit, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on toginet.com.
0: Okay, today we have such an amazing show because we have an amazing guest. Well, we know that marriage at times has its struggles. I know mine, due to my husband, he won't be my cabana boy 24-7. Who knew, right? But sustaining a military marriage has to be over and beyond hard work, especially when deployment uh, keeps a family separated for prolonged periods of time. The strain is intensified when the serving spouse is injured in the field. And according to the PTSD Foundation of America, An estimated two out of three marriages fail for troops suffering from combat trauma. Carlos and Rosemary Evans are well aware of the difficulties having experienced them personally. And they have a new book out, Standing Together, The Inspirational Story of a Wounded Warrior and Enduring Love. And in this book, they share their trials of facing severe injury rehabilitation post-traumatic stress disorder and addiction and theirs is a true story of hope and courage in the face of astonishing challenges and once again we have an amazing guest i just want to say thank you thank you thank you first of all sergeant evans for your service to our country and thank you for being on our show today how are you
2: i'm all right very excited thank you very much
0: well, I just have to ask you, can you share a little bit about what led you to enlist in the eight years you served in the U.S. Marine Corps?
2: Well, my, my family, my uncles, my grandfather, uh, they're all veterans. So it's a tradition in our family. Uh, also after, after 9-11, uh, my answer to do something about that was uh, serving my country. So. I joined the Marine Corps, was it in 2004? In
0: 2004. And Mm -hmm. what were your thoughts when you went in? You just thought, this is what my family does. I want to fight for my country. No, it it was
2: something that I I felt uh, deeply encouraged to do. I was watching the news uh, that day, and I was watching uh, when the Marines were in Iraq, and uh, I was watching it, and I was saying to myself, I, "I need to be there. I should be there." I remember I was going to Bible college at that time because I wanted to join as a chaplain. But after after seeing that, I was like, "I gotta do this right now." So I went to the recruiting station and I joined the Marine Corps.
0: Wow, what what changed? Uh, what do you think changed from you going from I want to be a chaplain to I'm there. I'm I'm signing up.
2: <laughs> well, I needed to finish school, so it was gonna take me about four or five years to be able to do that. And at that time I was just I, I couldn't keep waiting, so so I joined.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you were on your fourth deployment and this time you went to Afghanistan and an incident changed your life as you knew it. What happened on May sixteenth?
2: Well, I was in leading a foot patrol as a sergeant at the Marine Corps, so I was leading a team of Marines, and we found a lot of IEDs, uh, improvised explosive device, and when we were getting ready to go back, uh, I stepped on an IED. Uh, when I stepped on it, immediately lost both my legs above my knees, and part of my left uh, uh, hand, part of my left arm, and my left hand was amputated. And after that, we lived uh, two years in the hospital in Walter Reed, Bethesda.
0: Okay, uh, first of all, I just have to go back. I'm I'm not a detail person, but in this <laughs> case, uh, you, you you stepped on an IED, and I I have just recently found out because. I, there's a problem with me when I have a guest, I all of a sudden become like obsessed with researching every single thing about them. So I went onto YouTube and I was watching all of your videos and oh, wow. um, some of your, your interviews that just are amazing. And finding out a little bit more about the, the IEDs and that approximately 63% of coalition deaths in Iraq, um, as well as like 66% in Afghanistan are because these these IEDs. So you guys are just, you're aware that they're everywhere, and yet you you just have to move forward, and you, you're just taking your chance. Is, is, that, is that, can I assume that in the right way?
2: Yeah, we, 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 we have a lot of training, and uh, we knew that there were IEDs there. Uh, people in, in that community were getting affected by them, and we went there to, you know, take care of them.
0: So you're going there specifically or as one of your missions to to get rid of the IEDs because yes. they're yeah yeah Yes, yeah,
2: one of our missions.
0: And at one point you had nine tourniquets on your body. So when this IED goes off, you guys have people trained there medically to just deal with a crisis situation and you're You're totally aware and you're watching this go on as people are just stopping the bleeding.
2: Yeah, we're professionals in our field. Uh, I had uh, two corpsmen uh, with me, uh, medics, at that time. I was the sergeant leading the patrol, so I thought that I was gonna be the one taking care of anyone that was injured because mm-hmm. I was the one leading the, the patrol. But uh, here I am. My Marines were taking care of me. So, so yes.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're you're laying there, and yeah. you have you lost both of your legs above the knees, and and part of your left arm. And can you remember that day? Like, if you were to go back, does does it play in slow motion, or was it just a one big? Or
2: no, I, I remember, I remember this experience every day. I live with it.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: What happened? I was conscious. uh, Sometimes I was conscious and sometimes I wasn't. Uh, But what I remember was when I stepped on the explosion, I didn't know exactly what happened to me Uh because I didn't feel any pain because my body was in shock.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: so when my body's in shock and, and here I am, I'm seeing my Marines uh surrounding me. And I'm um, I'm screaming to my corpsman because that's that's what we have trained for. You know, this happens, this is what needs to be done. So I'm yelling at my corpsman, my medic, you uh, know, what's what's the situation? Because I thought someone else got hurt. I didn't mm-hmm. know it was me. So when I saw him, when I saw the Marines that were surrounding me, you know, this is something that we have trained, scenarios that we have trained many, many, many times. That's when I noticed, oh, my God, I think something happened to me. Mm. So, so as, as they are surrounding me, uh, and I remember that I was, I was very sleepy, and I was very sleepy because I was losing so many blood that I was dying at that time and when i'm realizing all this i i, I could just i could just see see my life as a movie i'm thinking about you know things that i've done in my life things that i haven't done in my life things that i need to do and i was i was i started to pray i'm like god this this cannot be happening to me today i'm not supposed to uh, uh die here
0: mm-hmm. well when you talk about you know okay there's there's all this blood i I mean, EMT, I I haven't kept up my certification. But one thing I do remember is that the femoral artery, that is when you just bleed out and there's death there instantly. And people, I I don't know if they realize that, that femoral artery can have a heyday with a blood party there. So what if you're, you know, if that's where it's from bleeding...
2: Yeah, what happened was, and that's a, that's a very good point, is that the corpsman, a medic that was with me, uh, he put his thumb on my femoral artery to stop the bleeding. Because the tourniquets wow. were not stopping the bleeding. And that's when I started feeling the pain. The shock went away.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. So they they, they actually just started putting tourniquets on. He's got his thumb holding yeah. the femoral artery and... uh. Wow. And then do they did they just air vacuum out at this point?
2: Uh, it, it was about uh, 40, 40, minutes. Uh, and yes, I was I was medevaced. But uh, uh, it took my corpsman, my team. I remember one of my team members, he was just staring me at, at, at my face and just reminding me about my family, my wife, my daughters. And he kept telling me, you're not going to die here today. You're going to go back home. You're going to go back home. And that was my prayer, you know. Lord, just just let me go back home. Wow. He was speaking life into my heart in the middle of the crisis.
0: And and you're you're a strong believer at this point. Did you have other team members there? Were they were any of them strong believers as well?
2: Uh, yes, yeah, some of them were.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, in, in, so, in the battlefield, in the battlefield, everybody's a strong believer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a really good point. <laughs> We're all leaning to Jesus when that takes place, right? Uh, Well, uh, we just have two minutes before we're going to go into our first commercial break. And uh, I want to talk about when we come back, where deployment's a source of fear, like you just said. We're all strong believers when when we're out on the field. And did you think about how something might happen to you um, during this, this deployment? Like, did you, are you just so invincible when you go in, even though you're going into something that's just crazy? Cause that's what you're there for. So you, you know, it's going to happen, but obviously you really don't think it's going to happen. I would assume.
2: Yes. Yeah, so I wasn't, I, I wasn't prepared to come back home, uh, with my injuries. I was more prepared to, uh, to give my life for my country, but I wasn't prepared to face my injuries, and I didn't believe anything was going to happen to me, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you, you, at this point, had you seen it happen to other people? Oh, you know what, Carlos, I am so sorry. I, I get so into it that we're actually, it is time for us to go into a commercial break. So keep that thought in your head and we'll come right back after these messages.
3: Okay.
0: Radio has partnered with one of the largest travel booking engines in the world to offer savings of 15 to 30% or more on hotel booking fees through our own web portal, www.bestradiotravel.com. Discover the discounts you can receive by going to bestradiotravel.com forward slash patty to see for yourself. This is a custom booking site for the listeners of our show through Toginet Radio. We have negotiated special rates of over 650,000 hotels worldwide to save our customers money. Our members leverage our massive buying power to save thousands of dollars by booking with us. BestRadioTravel.com can beat the best prices offered by any other major travel booking website. Please go to BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Patty. Sign up and enjoy the discounts. That is BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Patty.
1: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
4: We have been reminded repeatedly of how important sleep is to our body and our health. Now it's becoming clearer that the amount of sleep you get can directly affect your weight. Shape Magazine reported on a study by the Mayo Clinic that shows how close the link between getting sleep and self-control really is. Researchers found that short-changing slumber by as little as 80 minutes leads people to take in an average of 549 more calories the next day. Even a small amount of sleep deprivation can have enormous effect on your appetite. I know that's true in my own life. When I'm tired, I have reduced self-control and eat more in hopes that it will help me with energy, which is not true, of course. Make it a priority to get the proper amount of sleep. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our Facebook fan page at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond.
1: Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, And have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
0: All right, we are back with Sergeant Carlos Evans, who is a minister with the Assemblies of God, USA, a wounded warrior spokesman, and a motivational speaker. He was born in Puerto Rico, and Carlos was an avid athlete through his high school and college years. He studied theology and was very active in his church. (laughs) But a tragic event took place September 11th. When that occurred, he felt compelled to join the family legacy of serving in the U.S. Marine Corps, and originally planned to join as a chaplain Carlos served three tours of duty in Iraq and was assigned to Afghanistan for his fourth deployment. In May 2010, he was the squad leader on foot patrol when he stepped into an improvised explosive device and the blast took both of his legs and his left hand. Medically discharged after his rehab, Carlos served in the Marine Corps for eight years. Years, and Carlos, we went into that commercial break uh, talking about just where deployment. There's a source of fear there, but yet you don't think it's ever go- going to happen to you um, during your deployment. But I have to pause right there before we go back because I noticed you're you're giggling, and by the way, you you have the most amazing smile and the cutest giggle, and you and your wife are like absolutely gorgeous. And uh, I just was laughing when um, about, you know, you're actively involved in church and what an athlete and all that stuff. You're over here laughing. So <laughs> <laughs> this, this makes me laugh because of, of your giggle there. So what were your thoughts when you're sitting there um, laughing?
2: Uh, I'm just thinking, oh, my God, is that, is that really me? <laughs> <laughs>
0: all, all these things I know about you secretly, you're like- laughing. that's funny um all right well let's go back to uh what are you thinking when you know during your deployment Have you at this point had you watch others who had died or have been badly wounded um you know what are what are your thoughts on that
2: uh i've had too many friends that have given their life uh for this country but at at that time uh I just didn't think uh, that it will happen to me. Uh, growing up, uh, I, 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 I had a word, and I have seen part of the things that I wanted to see in my life, but some things I haven't. So, so I didn't think that I was that I was going to uh, that I was going to die in, in, in a deployment, or I was going to die in the desert. Uh, I always saw God's purpose in my life uh, bigger than than anything that I was facing. So, it, it I don't know how it sounds, but I just I just didn't think it was going to happen to me, and I didn't think I was going to be a Jedi. I I I thought that my my purpose was was bigger than than God's purpose in my life was was bigger than anything else I was going to face. Mm. But but we prepare. We Mm -hmm. prepare for the worst, but I didn't think I was going to get injured.
0: Uh, You uh, and in one of your um, interviews, you had forced your wife to watch the movie Taking Chances. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he he had to go to the houses and notify the family members. and, And you what what was your purpose if you wanted your wife to make sure that she watched that movie? (laughs)
2: Yeah, my wife was very angry at the time that I was making her watch that movie. But like I was saying, I was just trying to get her mentally prepared just in case anything happened to me. I didn't think something would happen, but I wanted to get her mentally prepared. Like, this this will happen. If something happens to me, uh, Marines are going to come to the house. And the chaplain is going to come by the house. And he's going to give you that notification. So... If you see any Marines at the house, that means that something very bad happened to me, and I'm probably not going to make it home alive.
3: Wow. And, wow.
2: Yeah, she was like, no, no, that's not going to happen. You know, we're going to pray about this. Everything's going to be all right. Because sometimes I think sometimes we believe that as Christians that, you know, that we're not going to face any challenges or or any situations in, in life that like that.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a Christian home, a very godly, there were six kids, and, you know, we all kind of went into ministry, and I would so agree with you. I really lived in a Christian bubble that we, we feel as though this is heaven rather than earth, and since we're Christians, we're you know, God's just gonna, he has this armor around us that's going to protect us in such a way, and he does, but it's, he protects us in the way that he's in it with us rather than we're wearing this armor that nothing can, can happen to us. And, and that, that is so true. And sometimes I think, well, if we have this armor of protection that nothing would happen to us, well, everyone would jump on that bandwagon. You know, where's the free will involved in that? Like we are going to have struggles and tragedies and, Um, it's not if you're going to have them, it's when you're going to have them and you better be be ready.
2: Yes, I believe. And I just, I just thought about this right now. I believe that God was protecting his purpose in my life. And sometimes that purpose, the realization of that purpose comes in many ways into many paths. And this was my path and i'm seeing that purpose
0: today
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and and yeah that purpose isn't always fun because it's not the vision that we had exactly our, our, <laughs> yeah and and yet uh, my, my daughter's actually going through some some crazy things right now of just you know tragic things that are taking place and it was just one thing after another and it it's it, it is interesting because we have a tendency to go, okay, God, why? Why would you allow this to happen? And yet, it, it's yes, God allows it to happen. You can look at Jeremiah, and, and here he is in the pit pleading for God. You can look at Joseph, why he's in prison. And you can look at Job, you know, just all those stories, especially Job. I, I don't really care to, to read Job at all because it's just like, that's not fun story. But yet, I'm sure you, you've been there where it's like you feel like sometimes you feel like this pawn on in, in a chess game. And yet, the ones I was telling my daughter, the ones that I've seen who've gone through the biggest tragedy, those are the ones that are the most amazing in their faith. And they're so deep in their empathy. And, and when I'm with them, I feel like a better person because they have gone through so much and they've been pruned down to just really show up as a human being. And they, they, they've experienced so much pain that they're amazing. I mean, just amazing people to be with. And have, have you found that? as oh, well? It,
2: it, not only me, me, my wife, uh, the foundation of, of our book of standing together, uh, comes in you know it's 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 our tears converted in joy
3: Mm-mm. it's our
2: it's our pain converted and in, 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 in happiness so yes especially my two years after after my injury I, w- I was asking myself god why me uh god where are you because i believe that i that that, that i needed to feel god for me to understand that he was there, but 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 I was feeling
3: pain. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. All I was feeling was pain. So this journey, especially three three years after my injury, uh, yeah, made us made us grow, uh, made us uh, sensible to the needs of others. And when you're sensible to the needs of others, you grow because you're more in touch with the people that are around you. So uh, yes, yes, that, that did happen in my life and it's, and it's still happening. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm.
0: So uh, what, what's the time span? You, you were in the hospital for two years, correct? Yes. And then how long now have you been out of the hospital?
2: Well, it's been, it's been nine years since my injury and we lived the uh, 10 year, we lived the uh, two years in the hospital going back and forth in Washington, D.C. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) Mm. And and while you're in the hospital, that that two-year time frame, are you, I mean, you're in pain and your body's not working the way that you want it to work. And emotionally, I'm sure this is in your, the deepest despair that we could possibly ever imagine because you are this amazing athlete that is used to doing things and you know being outside and now you're kind of trapped in a prison of the hospital what are you feeling lonely towards people aren't coming like you feel like you're forgotten what are some of the emotions that were taking place in those two years
2: well i didn't feel forgotten because i had a lot of support for my wife uh, my daughters and i get emotional uh Doctors, nurses, uh, many volunteers, where I was in, in Walter Reed uh, Medical Hospital Bethesda, I had a lot of support. But I wasn't. I I, I didn't love my body
3: mm-hmm. because
2: here I wake up in a hospital bed. My wife notifies me that I don't have any legs and I'm missing my hand. So I didn't love my body. I was very mad, mad at myself, and mad at life at that time. I didn't think I was gonna be able to be the father that I promised my daughters. I was gonna be. I didn't think I was gonna be the husband that I promised my wife. So when you're not happy with yourself, it's very hard to demonstrate love to others.
0: And on that note, we're getting ready to go into another commercial break. But uh, there's so much there. We could do. We could do a whole day on. I didn't love my body. That yeah. needs to be your. Your next book, right? So you <laughs> write that
2: down.
0: With that, and uh yeah, uh, with that, we're we're gonna go on a commercial break. And when we come back, we are talking to.
1: This is Girlfriend It on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended radio right after these.
4: We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California.
1: From the heartland of the United States with quality programming. This is TokiNet Radio. It's marching never.
5: Whenever we hear a recording of our own voice, it always sounds different than we think. This is because the bones in our skull create a resonance from within that makes our voice sound deeper to us. But our recorded voice is how others hear us. I'm sure I'm not the first person who has uttered the words, I really don't sound like that. Do I? Margaret Thatcher famously underwent vocal training to lower her voice and make her sound more statesmanlike. Recently, British Airways polled Americans and Britons to see who they believed had the sexiest voices. Morgan Freeman was voted number one. If a judge loves the sound of his own voice, expect a long sentence. What's a word for a person who loves to hear the sound of their own voice? A philodox.
3: It's words you
5: I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
1: Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
0: All right, we are back and we are talking with Sergeant Carlos Evans, who is a minister with the Assemblies of God USA, a wounded warrior spokesman, and a motivational speaker. And uh, Sergeant Evans, we were talking about how you were showing up just not loving who you are. Um, you didn't love your body anymore, and I, I know during the commercial break, we were just uh, going through that on how it's hard to demonstrate love to others when you don't have that value in your own self, and it's, it's, it goes back to the hurting people hurt people, okay. and wounded people wound people, and until we can be happy with ourselves, we put up this guard I think, and we like just literally throw weapons at at those around us when we're not in a place. So what was going on there? And I think especially, and this sounds like a very sexist comment, but I think for a man um, to lose what he feels in his masculinity in that way, that had to be over and beyond so tough for you.
2: Yes I yes yes yes, it was definitely uh i I didn't know that I lost both my legs and my left hand until I woke up in the hospital bed in washington d c so when I wake up, my wife i ask my, i see my wife in front of me, rosemary, and I asked her you know what what happened what, what happened to me, and she shares with me that I lost both my legs. And my left hand. And I couldn't believe it because I, I felt I, I felt them, you know, it's phantom pain. I felt my, my, my mm-hmm. legs. I, I felt uh, my hand. Uh, so when she shares that with me, you know, I'm happy to be alive. But I was scared. I was mm-hmm. afraid that I wasn't going to be able to do anything with my life. So as time goes by, I I, I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. Mm. Uh, I couldn't see pictures of, of, of of what I used to look like Mm Basically, I, I, I hide my, my scars and my wounds from my daughters because I thought that my daughter wasn't going to love me or she was going to be afraid of me because, you know, here you have a, a dad, a daddy or poppy, like what they call me, poppy that that doesn't have any legs, doesn't have a hand. And I thought that my wife wasn't going to, I thought it wasn't even fair for my wife uh, to love me. So I went through a very deep depression. I was uh, two, two, three years through a deep depression, suicidal. Uh, and one of those reasons was that I, I didn't love myself. I wasn't happy with myself.
3: Hmm.
0: And and do you do you now have these conversations with, you have a nine-year-old and a 13-year-old daughter. And yes. I, I know having two daughters myself, uh, the, the Disneyland that we live in of, you know, them watching Disney World where, where the characters are all beautiful and, and you know, funny and extroverts, There's there's a lot of. Pressure on these kids with how they show up to the world. What what do your conversations look like with your daughters?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the main thing that I, I show my daughters is action. Uh, mm. They need to see that Bobby is enjoying life, mm. even when he looks different. You know that Bobby yes is missing his legs and his and his hand, but Bobby is not incomplete because papi is complete and i feel that i'm complete because when i look at myself through the mirror of the word of the cross Mm. jesus fulfills everything in my life so he completes me so as long as that purpose in my life is alive that i'm being the father that i need to be that i'm being the husband that i need to be that i mean i am continuing to serve my community my country in different ways they, 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 that's where they see beauty. Because I could mm-hmm. have two legs. I could have two hands. I could do all the things that I used to do before. But if I'm not in the life of my daughters, if I'm not showing them an example of what love is, they're not going to see me. You know, They're not going to be proud of me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I, I show them with my actions. But, they showed me first
3: hmm.
2: and and the way if i can continue the way they showed me was that when i was injured when i was wounded when i when i didn't accept myself they accepted me mm. as as daddy even when daddy didn't accept himself mm. and, and the example uh, of this experience was you know I used to hide my wounds from them all the time. And one day I'm in the hospital room. My wound care nurse is healing my wounds and my limbs. And I was in a lot of pain. And out of nowhere, Nairobi, she was five years old at that time, walks in the hospital room and sees me, I believe, for the first time with all my wounds open. And I thought she was going to be traumatized. Because it wasn't, it wasn't a good image. I thought she was going to be traumatized for life. She wasn't going to love me. She was going to be afraid of me. She was going to run, run away. Mm. At that time, my nurse asked Nidoi, do you want to heal Bobby's wounds? And she says, yes, I want to heal Bobby's wounds. She puts gloves in her hands and she starts healing my wounds oh my god and I was crying and she's like papi why are you crying I'm like are you crying because you have pain I'm like no Nairobi I'm crying because I'm happy because I was feeling you know here I'm worried about if she's going to accept me but yes she is embracing me <laughs> she's healing my wounds so hmm. that that was a breakthrough in my life so if a five year old is embracing me with my <laughs> wounds you know So if I, so why can't, why I am a man, I'm a man, Marine Corps Sergeant. Why I can't embrace my wounds.
0: Mm, All right. That is truly beautiful story of yeah. How we, it takes others sometimes to believe in us, even a five-year-old at the time uh, for us to really realize, you know, who we are and, and how we're showing up. And that one advocate that believes in you can change the way that we, we see ourselves. So you want to challenge our listeners, you know, who are you believing in? Who are you showing up for and being that advocate for? Mm -hmm. Because that can really change them and turn them around. Well, Mm -hmm. you shared a lot about in just the snippets of your stories of how your your faith was tested, obviously. Um, Now you're here in the hospital and probably the shock and the reality of what's going on—you don't have your legs, you're you're missing your your left hand, even though you have uh, what you call the the phantom,
2: phantom pain, pain
0: phantom pain. Uh, now, how is your faith tested in the months that follow?
2: Wow, my faith was tested because I I thought God had forgotten about me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, my faith was tested because. I was asking myself uh why 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 me and I was so angry I was I was so angry that I couldn't see I couldn't I, I was like you know god why me why me and I was suicidal at that time and but I had a breakthrough I had a, I had a breakthrough uh in my life uh one day uh my wife um I'm, I'm getting ready i'm 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 getting ready to 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 give up and i go to my wife and i tell rosemary rosemary and by the way my my wife is a nurse as well an icu nurse and my wife i go to her and i tell her you know what why don't you you know could you continue with your life and and i stay here in the in in dc and she stares at me and she tells me you know what when the, when the Marines came by the house, because, yes, the Marines did came by the house, just like the movie, and notified me what happened to you. Uh, I prayed to God, and I asked him to bring you home alive. And here you are alive right in front of me. I love you for the man you were. I love you for the man you are. And I love you for the man you're going to be tomorrow. Wow. Mm. and i was like but you 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 can't love me look at look at all my wounds look at me but she she kept telling me that's the difference between you and me i don't see your wounds i only see your scars
3: Mm.
2: because when i see your scars i see who healed your wounds i sleep with a miracle every day and i wake up with a miracle and i'm not a widow, and your daughters are not orphans So right there, I started to see, wow, this is how God looks at me, you know, and I started to embrace that.
0: Hmm.
2: It was a step-by-step thing.
0: Yeah, to to embrace that. And do you look at people now at times and you just want to shake them for those who are not able to embrace it? I mean, because it really is a mind shift. This is, you can see the joy in your eyes and your smile and you are embracing life. You are. I love what you said, how um, turning, converting those tears into joy and you, it comes out your poor, but that, like you said, it's a, it's a step-by-step situation, but you, there had to be a turning point where you really do embrace that mind.
2: And that wasn't that turning point right there.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: That
2: was my turning point. Uh, I I I said, "Wow! I I can't be the husband that I promised my wife I was going to be. I can't be the father that I promised my daughters I was going to be. You mm-hmm. know, if, if she loves me, I have to I have to love myself, and I have to love her as well. I did love her, but I didn't know how to show it.
3: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm.
2: so she was teaching me how to show, you know, that love that she was embracing in my life." And yeah, that was that was a breakthrough in my life. That was a breaking point.
0: Hmm. And and once again, uh, just such a beautiful story for you to share. Uh, I think some of us could maybe listen to this over and over and over again because uh, it's it's easy it's easy to get caught up in what's you know what's wrong with our life and. Uh, to be able to have that, that turning point. Well, we're getting ready to go on to our last commercial break here. And when we come back, we are going to talk a little bit more about how you
5: study finds the happiest couples sleep the closest together, as in less than an inch apart. A survey of 1,000 couples found that 86% of those who kept such close perimeters reported they were satisfied with their relationship. Only 66% of couples who slept 30 inches apart or more reported being completely happy in their marriage. What's the word for getting up on the wrong side of the bed? Metutalipia. Another predictor of relationship happiness is touch. While ninety-four percent of couples who made physical contact throughout the night reported a happy relationship, just sixty-eight percent of couples who kept their distance did the same. What's the word for the semi-conscious state between sleep and wakefulness? Hypnopompic. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
0: We are back, and we are talking to Sergeant Carlos Evans. And I don't know if you guys heard it, but it sounded like Dancing Queen was on the chipmunks were singing it. It was in fast-forward motion or something. Uh, so apparently we're all caffeinated today. And we are talking with Carlos Evans. Um, Carlos, we, we went on to the break with um, just talking about your faith walk. And that that turning point where you had that that mind shift um, of of looking at life differently. And it, you know it's crazy. I, I read somewhere that if we knew what a negative thought did to our brain, we would never have a negative thought again. And it's so true. We have these negative thoughts that literally deteriorate our brain. And now that they're doing more and more studies and research with MRIs and what's going on with our brain, that if we can have that mind shift that you were able to, to go through. And and I think we just even praying for that mind shift to truly pray that God would let us see things through his eyes and through You know, the way he sees things, uh, you know, there's that picture. I'm sure you've seen it where Jesus is kneeling in front of a girl and he's trying to take the teddy bear away from her. And he has this huge bear behind his back and he wants to do this exchange. And we're just holding on. We're holding on to dear life with what we think, because it's comfortable, is our purpose. And he has this great, big, huge plan, but we really don't want it. We we want to do things our way because I know I'm looking at you and I don't want to experience what you've had to go through. And that's just being very transparent. Mm-hmm. And yet you're over here going, it's a blessing. It's a blessing in disguise. And you wouldn't, I've heard you say, you wouldn't do it any other way. You would go back, no regrets. And you would go through this whole experience all over again. And, you know, I'm like bowing down going, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. And. And yet I do, I look at you and Jesus just shines, truly shines through you. And how cool to to be able to experience that. And you actually have a motto that I, I've heard you say um, in other interviews. And w- would you share that with us and how you got to that, where that has be, kind of become your motto? Oh,
2: well, uh... yeah. I was one day in my house and I was getting ready to 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 go somewhere and I was trying to uh, wear put my prosthetics on and I was struggling a lot with that because I wanted to look like the person I used to look like before Mm
3: -hmm. I wanted
2: to wear my jeans I wanted to wear shoes you know all that because I thought you know that was that's where my identity was Mm. so so I'm trying to do all this and but I couldn't I was struggling And I I felt, I I believe the Holy Spirit just was speaking to my heart, you know, look at your life now, you know, today you're touching more people with one hand than when you had two, you know, look Mm -hmm. at your life now, today you're leaving more footprints and more lives than when you you had feet, because all you need to touch someone, to leave a footprint in someone's life is heart, it's faith. Mm -hmm. So I remember that was a that was a life changing experience. At that time, I was traveling all over the world, uh, sharing my experience with other people, and I was like, "Wow, this it's true!" You know, I'm leaving more footprints than when I had feet. I'm touching more people than when I had two hands. Mm-hmm. Wow! <laughs> and this and this is what we're doing with our books, standing together, mm-hmm. touching lives, and leaving footprints.
0: Hmm. Mm. What? Uh, what do your do your daughters? Do they do they get the impact that you guys are having? Not not only in America, like literally across the the world. I know you were. Um, I just the interviews that you've been. Um. Hey, uh, were you like in Alaska or something? In you were jumping into freezing cold water. Where were you with? the oh, where, Samaritan. Purse.
2: <laughs> uh, yes, I was with Samaritan Purse, with uh, Franklin and, and and Greta, and and also uh, uh, wounded vets as well, uh, in a marriage retreat. Oh,
4: um, marriage
0: retreat.
2: Yeah. Hmm. And yeah, that was great. We we did the the polar plunge uh, that last day, and it was a beautiful experience.
0: <laughs> wow. And and Greta Van Susteren, uh, I know she. She had you um, on Fox News. Uh, just who you've been able to to meet, and how many people have just heard your story and and they've heard the gospel. It, it, it's it's really really amazing.
2: Well, my my foundation to be able to do what, what I'm doing today, uh, and embrace you know my 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 life. Uh, I, I look at Scripture when Jesus' is in, encounter with with Thomas, uh, because many many people tell me, "Oh, don't worry about it. When you get to heaven, you're going to walk, and you're going to you're going to do so many things. You're going to have two hands and a perfect body." And yes, I'm I'm encouraged by that. You know, that's my hope. But but when I see when I see Jesus in a glorified body, an encounter with Thomas, the first time he the first thing he shows Thomas is his scars. Mm. so when i see jesus in a glorified body with scars i was like wow you know i also has scars you know <laughs> so and he was wounded so i could be healed mm. so i i i we just started to share our message you know with with with, with the world and 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 my daughters you know they, they 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 embrace it you know they embrace it because they see me that i'm happy it doesn't mean that i don't go through, through difficult times yes mm-hmm. you know Mm. all the time. But when I have all, all all these thoughts, I just, I bring them to the cross (laughs) and Mm. I don't, and I, and I don't become a victim of what happened to me in May 16th, 2010. No, uh, I become a conqueror and Mm. I, I, I celebrate that day today. It's my alive day, me my wife and my daughters. And, you know, that has become the best day of my life because we've grown so much from the experience. We, we, We've met so many people. We've been in, in Europe and in, in Spain and in South Korea and in and, and, and South America at the White House, at the Capitol. We were invited to the State of the Union in 2013, I believe. It's just a lot of doors been uh, have open. And, and all we're doing is just sharing with the world who is our healer and who's behind our marriage, who's behind my smile.
3: Hmm.
0: I, I, I really lean into the way you're you're such a good communicator. I I love how you said celebrating who my healer is. And I never really thought of with Thomas that Jesus showed him his scars. Like you don't think of that when we go to heaven, that you in our new bodies, like, will we have those scars? But you're right. Jesus did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I, that that's really that's really interesting. I, and, I never thought of that. And
2: and everybody has scars. Some scars mm-hmm. some scars you can see and some are deep inside in your heart and in your mind. So that, that that's the reason we can relate to to anyone.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, how can people learn more about touching lives, uh, leaving footprints? And that's you you and your wife, you have this ministry And tell us where we can find out about you. I'm sure as listeners are listening to you, they want you to come speak. I would love for you to come speak at the colleges, the schools. Uh, There's so many kids that could just lean into uh, what you said of, I I didn't like my body. I mean, (laughs) it's like I think every girl from 10 years of age to 80 years of age is, is still saying that. And we can't seem to get over it. So how can people find out about you?
2: Well, they can visit my website and c.r.evans. dot uh, org, uh, and there you can get you know anything you want to know about us, how to contact us, and and you can buy our book. You can purchase our book in in Amazon or any of your favorite bookstore. So standing together, and you will get to know us there. And like I always say, you know, in the testimony of every person that you that we have encountered, you can you can hear about us. So yeah. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Thank you uh, so much for sharing that. And Carlos, before we finish the show, uh, once again, just thank you for serving our country. Thank you for uh, just being able to share your story and helping get a little snippet of what it's been like for you to be on this journey. And you you talk about Job 2310, uh, but he knows the way that I take When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. Why does that verse resonate with you? What can you tell our listeners, just as a tip, of why that's so significant for you?
2: Because in the beginning, when I woke up in the hospital, I thought that May Seventeen, May Sixteen, was going to be the worst day of my life, and I really I wanted to die. Uh, I, I I was angry. I was mad. And I didn't find where was God in the middle of all this. But as time went by, I found God, and I know where he was. He was with my Marines when I stepped on the IED, saving my life. Mm
3: -hmm. He was
2: with my wife in the hospital taking care of me. He was with the doctors. He was with my daughters when she healed my wounds. (laughs) He was with so many people, you know, comforting them so they could comfort me. So now uh nine years after uh may 17 we celebrated because i know where was god and yes he knows the path sometimes we don't understand it but when we believe all things are possible so today i'm a better father i'm a better husband i'm a better person
3: Mm.
0: And, and that, that is beautiful. I, I love how you shared, um, you know, where was God in all this? And, and so often we do, we, we look up, sometimes we even shake our fists like, God, where are you? And we might not see it when we're right in the middle of it, when you're right on that, um, you know, laying there with the smell of blood. And looking at all of these men that love you and how they're coming there to you. But exactly what God had them in the Marines, in your doctors, in your wife. And just seeing that support, I think just waking up and looking at where God is and the people that he's surrounding. He hugs us through the people with skin on. And that was a, a beautiful story. And just want to thank you again. And I just want to. Um, Ask our listeners to run.
1: Thank you for being a part of this special program Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.